Hey, do you ever wonder if your marriage or your family is normal? Or whatever that means. Is there even a such a thing as normal these days? Well, welcome to the Family Life Canada podcast. It's Neil and Cheryl Josephson. Mm-hmm. And we've had the privilege of talking to really thousands of couples across Canada. So we know some of the things you're wrestling with these days in your marriage and in your parenting. We're all trying to navigate a new normal, but it's kind of complicated for a lot of us. And chances are, if you're a blended family, it's even more complicated. So we'll be talking with Ron Deal, our friend, just uh, for us, the leading expert on blended families a little bit later in the podcast. But let's just jump in and talk about life right now in the days of coronavirus. You're sheltering in place. You're all home together. You're distant man ron i know you and nan and are doing that with uh your family one of your sons has come home tell us about that how are you guys doing yeah we are we're just like everybody else we're navigating all being in one house uh 24 7 trying to you know be wise and be smart make decisions about when we get out and how we interact with the world you know they're running out of meat at the grocery store Mm. i I found that really odd toilet paper went first yeah and now (laughs) the meat. no and yeast apparently yeast is the new scarcity Exactly. We ran into that same thing just today. So it's it's just odd. And, it, you know, one of the things that I'm finding is it's so ambiguous. Like, we're all still alive. Yeah. Right. Some of us still have jobs. Um, we have, but we don't have. We have structures in our life. Mm. Like, we have church. But who's been to church lately? Like, right. you kind of watch it now. Is that really your church? It's hard to be with friends. You have friends, but you really don't have friends. Like, it's just a weird experience to be in this in-between place where you just don't know mm-hmm. where you yeah. are. Um, and here we are at home. My wife's a kindergarten teacher. She's got responsibilities ongoing, trying to figure out that no new terrain of teaching five-year-olds through oh the internet. God. Like, how does that work? <laughs> and, you I know, can only I, guess. my minister. Exactly. You know, and I'm trying to do my ministry and continuing forward, Mm. working from this little makeshift office here in our home. My youngest son is 21. He's supposed to be at college, but now college is online. So he's home. Mm -hmm. I'm probably not too happy about it. And not happy about (laughs) it. He came out the other day out of his room. He goes, I'm so sick of my room. Like I sleep in there. I eat in there. I do my homework in there. I study in there. I have classes in there. Mm. And we're like, well, you could come out. We could, I'll trade you. You could be in the office for a while. He goes, no, all my stuff's in there. Like, and it's just not fun. Yeah. You know? I heard you talking on Facebook Live the other day. Actually, it was great. You were talking about the new normal all of us trying to find a new normal. So so what are some practical things that you you, you are learning, your family's learning and and you're learning from others to help us adapt to a a new normal? Uh, is is this an opportunity for us to kind of reinvent ourselves? You know, it is. What necessity is the mother mm-hmm. of invention mm-hmm. and innovation and um, adaptation? And, uh, you know, it, it forces us into spaces that we were not prepared for. Mm. But we have to all of a sudden see the world in a different way and try to figure out what it is that we're going to do. You know, one of the things you saw in that that Facebook Live that, that we did on navigating your new normal is I, I, we don't have time to talk through all of it, but I do think there's a couple things there that I keep coming back to over and over again. And that is we got to, we got to look to God and we got to find true North. Like we're all looking for a compass right. and a map right now. Yep. How do we navigate this uncertain space that we find ourselves in? Well, yes, always, always, always do we go back to faith who God is 
what he's able to do for us when we don't have any answers. You know, we don't like not knowing. For sure. I mean, we live we live in North America for crying out loud. Aren't we supposed to have life within control and at our fingertips? Mm-hmm. That's the way most of us live our lives day in and day out. And I got to admit, I do too, more often than I'd like to admit. But things like this remind us how small we are. Mm-hmm. You know, we are big in the Father's eyes, guys, right? Like we are huge in our Father's heart, but we are small when it comes to controlling life. Mm -hmm. And this is reminding us of that. And so we ought to, I think, go to our knees, constantly be looking for God and, and, and who He is and worshiping Him and leaning into what He knows, what we don't know. And that's a really important place to start. Cheryl and I were talking the other day about something we read about some old trappers who lived up in the north all by themselves and how they got through isolation, long winters just by themselves. And they said three things, uh, thinking about routines. And one of them was um, when you get up in the morning, get dressed. I mean, you don't have to, but just, you know, put some structure in your day, you know, do your dishes, even though you don't have to, you could let them pile up, you know, I thought, oh, that's a good piece of wisdom. And that is good. And, um, then they said, uh, get some fresh air every day. You know, I know you have to be physically distant and stuff, but trying to get some routine and some health. Um, man, it, that's what Cheryl and I have been trying to do. And one of those routines is, I got to be honest, we're doing, we're reading the Bible more together. We're praying mm-hmm. more together mm-hmm. than we to were about. before we had to shelter in place. So that that's one good that routine that's coming to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of routines, I think that's the next part of the compass um, if you don't want things to go south, <laughs> pun intended, you got to figure out what your new routines are and how you're going to navigate yep. life. So that probably means a lot of family meetings, you know, conversations between husbands and wives, right. like, how are we going to do this? Wait a minute. You've got a meeting. I've got a meeting and we've got a, a child who needs us all at the same moment in the day. Like, how are we going to do this? That's just the reality. It's going to take conversation and problem solving. And by the way, that gets you through today, but then tomorrow something else is going to change. Right. And you're not sure where you stand on that day. And so stepping back and going, let me put on some self-control here. Love, joy, peace, patience, (laughs) kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those last two are so good during times of upheaval and uncertainty. Gentleness and self-control. How do I be in charge of this pressure I feel under? I still got demands at work. I still got to do this. I still got to help. My, now I got to learn to be a teacher and help my child. Like, how do I do this? Right. Like all that builds pressure inside. And if we're not careful, that stuff will spew in lots of directions. Like self-control is really mm. important. Conversation upon conversation, navigating the boundaries around how we're going to do life today you know, it occurs to me as I said that this is a little bit the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily mm-hmm. bread. I don't know about you guys, but I don't really relate to that phrase, daily bread. Like I have a whole refrigerator full of bread. I have pantries full of bread. I've never worried about food in my life. But moments like this go, oh, that's what Jesus was talking about. He's talking mm-hmm. about leaning in mm-hmm. to the next five minutes with God and trusting that he will walk you through it and then figuring it out as you go and it'll be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, bringing that sense of calm that comes when we look at our compass and we know where North is, we know who North is, I should say. Mm -hmm. And and, and then we navigate the routines. So we figure out how to get through the next few minutes 
it's going to be okay. This, this is how we survive. Yeah. Yeah. And I can only imagine, I mean, this is, this is what we're all trying to figure out, but I can only imagine that for blended families or step families, by the way, do you just, which terminology do you prefer? You know, <laughs> they're interchangeable as okay. far as I'm concerned. They really are. And, and, but it's an honest, good question. And the reason it's important is because different people connect to a different terminology. Mm-hmm. In North America, blended family is probably the more predominant term. However, around the world, step family is still the predominant term. The, we, we work internationally in Africa and Australia and New Zealand and the UK, and step family is the term that they use. There, a lot of people in North America have a <laughs> sort of a negative reaction to the step family word. It has yeah. a negative connotation. So they push it away a little bit. Blended family just fits a little bit easier for them. And that's wonderful. Although there's a bit of a problem with that because some people see blended family, they think that's a biracial family. Ah, ah. Okay. And so they get confused as to what you, what it is you're talking about. Got so uh, honestly, there's not one great term. You just have to kind of use them both interchangeably so people know what you're talking about. And whichever term our listener enjoys, I would say, yes, go with that. Okay. So for blended families slash step families, yep, I can only imagine that this COVID crisis has some additional layers as they're trying to navigate, you know, custody and shared custody. And um, I'm guessing you're hearing from lots of families across the countries. We are. I actually have a little running list <laughs> of the different issues that people have found themselves running into. We were just talking about navigating the routines in your home and figuring out your daily schedule. Well, what if there's another home mm-hmm. and they're also trying to figure out their life and their schedule? And oh, by the way, they don't have the same needs as you. And so they're not prioritizing the same schedules as you. Uh, that that begins to be a problem, right? You, you had your routine, your visitation schedule, right. and that's kind of in place. But now with COVID, like maybe a child can't even move between homes. You may have to make a decision for them to stay in one place over the other. Mm-hmm. Although I'm aware that, you know, some groups, and I think even in Canada, that they've, they're have they encouraging people to maintain their visitation schedule. Right. The Ontario, oh, yeah. the Ontario Superior Court just ruled last week saying that that's what oh. should happen if it can be done in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now we have a discussion about what's a healthy way, because I guarantee you one household says, mm-hmm. oh, no, we're fine. We've, we've had six people over, and but they're all good. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to worry about it. And the other households are going, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, number one, you exposed our children to that. Number two, you're going to send them to our home? Like, I don't think I feel comfortable. So that now we have disagreements oh, over boy. what's healthy or not. And, and so that just presents some challenges. It really does. And ultimately, you know, the answer here, well, there's no answer. What you're going to have to try to do is you're going to try to have a conversation Mm -hmm. and figure out a mutually agreed upon plan of action. And that may mean multiple conversations. Any specific advice for these families? Um, Well, I think health, number one, mm -hmm. is important. For example, I had a conversation today with somebody who his children are at their biological mother's house and he was fine with that decision in the beginning, but now it's been a number of weeks and he hasn't been able to physically hug or touch his kids. And it's really getting old. He would kind of like for them to be able to come back to his house. However, um, the stepmom, his wife is not comfortable with what they've been exposed to in the other home in terms of COVID possibilities. Mm-hmm. 
and so she and he now disagree about this, mm. right? So there's a there's a husband step parent conversation. There's another household conversation. The kids are anxious to come see their dad. Like there's just a lot of opinions going on oh, here. My. At the end of the day, the healthy choices have to come first. You just have to. Nobody, somebody's going to be Physical health. Disappointed. You're talking about physical health. Yes, yes, yes I, that's correct. Thank you. Physical health, um, being safe, protecting children, not exposing the households has to come first. Look, the, the government, the medical doctors are not trying to ruin your time with your kids. They are trying to keep everybody safe. <laughs> And so you may have to make really hard decisions that mean you don't have contact in order to just be safe mm-hmm. and get through this weird period of time that we're in. And on the flip side, you'll be really glad that you mm-hmm. did. But for now, it, there's no good decision. You just have to make the best decision you can. That's a good phrase. So, yeah, yeah. Really, and to really navigate good. that in these times of emotional uh, stress and all the rest, boy, this is where we really feel the support of significant people in our lives, the support of faith. Uh, boy, I hope people have them, people that are listening here in the podcast, and, and and both lean on those people. But then maybe we need to be available to others. Man, there's got to be people around us that that are just hurting for somebody to, to listen to, maybe in these moments where they're not spending time with their kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would you have any suggestions for us, Ron, as to how we can be really supportive of the blended families in our circle? You know, I, I think bringing it up is one of those obvious suggestions, but we don't do it very well. Okay. I, I, we're actually working on a, a, a another presentation that will be coming up on, um, on Facebook regarding grief right now. I mean, this is a form of grief. Right. You're grieving not being with your kids. You're grieving loss of your routine. You're grieving being able to be connected in the in the ways that we naturally are drawn to with other people and places and our church family and all that stuff. And grieving in isolation is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Like you got to talk to somebody. And who is that person? Who are those safe people? Sometimes they're in your house. Sometimes they're not in your house. And so that means using technology, right? To, yeah. to be able to have a conversation, FaceTime, what have you, so that you are not more isolated in your, in your grief, in your sadness, in your pain. Mm-hmm. So what we can do for others is build that bridge. Hey, I've noticed you haven't had your kids for the last four weeks. Man, if I were you, that'd be hurting over that hmm. right jump into the space bring it up yeah make it obvious if you say to somebody hey joe how you doing you think he's gonna go look i'm really missing my kids it's been four mm-hmm. weeks he's probably not gonna but if you go there first with a lot of heart and compassion mm-hmm. he might go yeah i know thanks for it bringing that up. that is exactly how i'm feeling yeah. it is just hard yeah. and now you get an opportunity to just hug his hurt a little bit so good so good so here's a question for you. Uh, you've really helped us, actually. You've really schooled us in in as we're coaching and mentoring blended families, couples in blended families, that it takes much longer than most of them anticipate <laughs> for them to actually blend or find some health and healthy rhythm. Um, so is there any chance a crisis like this could speed that process up? Mm-hmm. It's a very insightful question. And I think the answer is for some families, yes. And for other families, it will have the opposite Mm, effect. True. 
Yeah. So let me let me explain both sides of that because I think people might be able to see one or both of these dynamics at at play. First of all, let's talk about let's talk about it working against you coming together as a family. By the way, very interesting to me. I think the whole world is getting a little insight into what it is to be a blended family. And here's what I mean by that. On from day one, a blended family has two forces at work. The one force is the coming together force. It's the merging forces. That's how we, that's why we got together. I love you. You love me. We're going to be a happy family. Let's bring this thing together. Merging forces are about bonding and developing a family identity. But at the same time, there's this natural tendency to pull back into what is most safe. And that is the relationships that you came into the family with Mm -hmm. children, with a biological parent, uh, siblings with one another, um, holding on to grandma and grandpa and, and all the, you know, all the extended family. Those are the safest people in my life. They're the most trusted people in my life. Those are easy relationships. The step relationships in the beginning are a little harder. So they're a little unknown. Look at our world right now. What happens when we go into the unknown? We retreat back to what is the safest places to be. And that is our homes. (laughs) We huddle up. The same thing happens in a blended family naturally day in and day out in the beginning. People retreat back to the safest relationships. Well, if those are pulling apart forces, but you're trying to merge. Mm -hmm. See, you've got to overcome the pulling apart forces to be to merge well and become truly blended as a blended family. So the whole world's getting a little taste of what goes on in blended family dynamics. So that as the stress mounds, as people are uncomfortable, if you're a 24 seven blended family right now and you can't get any pressure released because the kids are never going to the other home, that can make things harder. Like the stress goes Mm -hmm. up, that means people retreat further and further away from each other. You're still stuck in the same house, but you're retreating emotionally. That's gonna work against families. So the, the quick word there obviously is, wow, First of all, don't try to fix everything. You know, I think sometimes people get desperate. Oh, we got to fix this problem. We got to fix this problem. Hey, it's okay to let it ride a little bit. Let a little steam off. Mm-hmm. Um, don't make everything. Up. We got to pounce on this issue and solve it right now. Like, let people breathe a little bit. You're already cooped up. Don't make everything an issue. <laughs> but at the same time, do be strategic and find your moments and try to have some problem solving conversations and try to figure out how to find a way around the awkwardness of what you're dealing with, because that can then turn it into the other side of this equation, an opportunity to come together. Mm-hmm. You know, foxholes mm-hmm. bring okay. people together yep. really fast. Sure. Yep. I was wondering, and you know that, what, as this, you're in a- this shared traumatic experience might actually have the potential to draw families closer to each other. I've said for years, you can create little foxhole moments for families that may help step families move closer to one, together. One of one ways you can do that is go on what I call a radical road trip. And that's where you, you go climb Mount Kilimanjaro or something, or you go and serve in a soup kitchen, mm. right? Right do something really cool serving other people and create a memory and at the same time bring relationships together. Well, for some blended families, I think being forced into the house and being forced to figure this out and navigate this terrain and spending lots of meals together just might catapult them 
through wherever they were before into something they didn't have before. So it is an opportunity for some families. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're hearing families pulling out board games they've never played forever, pulling out, (laughs) you know, traditional books that I read as a kid and I'm reading them again. And, you know, there's some of those nice stories going on. Um, I'm thinking that that for all our families and, and blended families too, this enforced time together will will help us merge, to use your word. Uh, I wonder if too we need to really be alert to the kinds of things that surface and you go, yeah, you know what? We've sort of been avoiding that, but we can't avoid that anymore. And, mm. and make a plan for what are we going to do when the sheltering in place is over? Like what can we do proactively? So uh, it would be sad, right, to go through this see these moments um, where we need to maybe grow and then walk away from them when, when finally the pandemic's done. Right. So how do we track these things? Yeah. So I got two suggestions. Uh, There's a direct and an indirect way to maybe address some of these. The direct way is, all right, um, Saturday night, we're having a family meeting and the topic is, xyz this problem we keep coming back to as a family so everybody kind of pray about it a little bit and uh, come prepared with some thoughts and we're gonna see what we can come up with as a family unit and you just have a direct open conversation not confrontation not but a family meeting and by the way think about the irony of this a family meeting is also a statement about being a family right so sure it is. having that little thing going on at the same time is laying a foundation for how you come together by the way just a quick word we know from research long longitudinal research of blended families that often a turning point for families is when they have a conflict and they find a way through it. When you get five, 10 years down the road, even children looking back say, you know what, that made a difference for us. I started viewing my stepbrother, my stepparent differently after that. So this is worth trying to do. It really is. The indirect way to approach something like this is to let a game become representative of the problem. You, you know, play a board game, um, and uh, let the board game have some conflict. And <laughs> that never happens game, in our well, family. <laughs> so, and, and you kind of go, wait a minute, let's figure out how we work together to play this uh-huh. game. Let's navigate around. Let, you know, we're playing the game of life here. Isn't that a metaphor, right? And uh, we keep having arguments over X or Y or whatever. And that's kind of like us in our home. Like, let's figure this out. And all of a sudden, you're indirectly problem solving around a game, but you're really talking about your family. Mm-hmm. Um, I I leave that up to parents; they can decide which approach to use. Sometimes you want to try try both of them, but the point is, there is an opportunity here, and you don't want to avoid it forever. Yeah. You don't have to jump on every problem and try to go family meeting time every time something comes up. No, but be strategic about trying to resolve some things that are pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and and just the reality that that you actually can schedule family meetings. Our kids aren't in sports, they're they're Isn't they're not right. They're home. So whether they like it or not, there is an opportunity for these family moments. Speaking of opportunities, I wanted to ask you a little bit about what kind of opportunities you see for families to grow in spiritual ways in this season. Mm. Well, you know, I was just, we mentioned prayer a minute ago, and I, I was thinking, yeah, that's so important, praying together about our family, about how we're re- dealing with COVID and how we're, how the world is responding. We're praying for our leaders, our 
politicians, our pastors, our what a chance to be in the foxhole together and call upon God. You know, go true north and uh, and let that be a bonding time. Um, you know, there's so much in that. Yes, we're humbling our hearts. Yes, we're merging together to try to approach this together as a family unit. Uh, that's the kind of posture you want to have long term. This is an opportunity to do that. I do think just talking about what's happening through the spiritual lens is an, another uh, opportunity we have in these moments. Sitting at dinner the other night, you know, I just I, I, I do this think out loud thing. By the way, a tip to parents, if you turn to your kids and go, well, Johnny, what do you think about COVID and how our faith in God makes a difference? You know, Johnny's probably going to go, I don't know. And that's the end of that conversation. Hmm. A different strategy is for the parent to think out loud and never ask a question. Hmm. Leave it hanging. You know, I was wrestling the other day, just trying to figure out where is God in all of this? Pause. <laughs> that is, there's an implied question. Yeah. And even a four-year-old knows there's a question there. There's an opportunity like, oh, well, what do I think about that? If you, if you leave it hanging mm. often, children will begin to talk. And now you have a conversation going around, how do we deal with life and let faith inform how we deal with life. Mm -hmm. That's real. That's a teaching opportunity. And it, again, for blended families, it brings hearts closer to one another mm -hmm. as you hear, oh yeah, that's, that is good. That, that I do like that in my step parent. I, I appreciate or respect them for that opinion. Now we're moving hearts toward one another as well. Where's the line between being honest and transparent and vulnerable with our kids and on the other side kind of unsettling them because we are ourselves a little bit wobbly because of this mm. whole experience how do how do we navigate that tension the what a what an anxious child needs most is a non-anxious parent mm -hmm. now having said that being non-anxious does not mean that you don't talk about the realities of how you feel about things. It just means you're being calm in the middle of your anxiety. It means you are leading with faith in the middle of the unknown, and you let that be known in the conversation with the child. It's So I think being transparent is a very healthy thing for children. Oh, they're seeing how my parent is dealing with their own anxiety. They're talking about God, they're talking about they're wrestling with this, but then they're saying out loud, they're coming back to resting and trusting that the Lord's going to be in this, and we're just going to do what's common sense, and we're going to follow our leaders, and we're going to obey these COVID guidelines. And so they watch you manage your own anxiety. That is an amazing process for children. It helps them begin to think and feel, and even brain science tells us that they begin to respond the same way. On the other hand, an anxious child who has a super anxious parent who runs around, you know, pins and needles, asking questions. Uh, Hoarding you know, toilet oh, no, paper. Oh, no. Hoarding toilet paper, kids like, oh no, and just being super controlled by their anxiety, then the kids are going to be even more anxious and feel even more out of control. You're just making things worse. Mm -hmm. I, 
you know, the Psalms, one of the Psalms says, I, before he comes to worship God, he says, I calmed my soul like a weaned child. Yeah. I love the language. It's my job to grow up enough that I calm myself mm. and manage who I am before I come to yeah. uh, worship the Lord, before I approach life. And when we do that, other people take note, especially children. Yeah. Yeah, and isn't that the the privilege we have with our Heavenly Father that we can find our peace and our comfort in His arms so that we, we really are at peace and strong and and well for our kids and our family around us. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what we're praying for everybody who's listening and, and for all the marriages, families of our country, whatever way, shape, or form we our family is taking right now. Man, we want to be well and we want to be at peace. And, and look to a source greater than us to find the confidence and the peace that only God can give. Hey, Ron, you have a, uh, something in particular to offer for Blended and Blessed. A lot of us are at home and we're learning online and we're, I mean, that's, isn't it great we have this technology to try to enrich all these hours that we have. Would you tell us yeah. a little bit about this conference uh, Blended and Blessed is coming up? A lot of people should know about that. Yeah, this is an event we've done three times now, Saturday, April 25th, um, blendedandblessed.com is where you want to go to learn all about it. You can be anywhere in the world. This was already planned, already planned as a live stream event um, for blended family couples. I would also invite single parents, maybe you're dating, thinking about forming a blended mm -hmm. family. Maybe you're a church leader. Maybe you're a grandmother and you just became a step-grandmother because mm. of a decision your son or daughter made to get married. And so be a part of this. It's a, a whole day built around uh, themes from a new book that I released with Dr. Gary Chapman called Building Love Together in Blended Families. So Gary will be one of our speakers. Uh, Laura Petherbridge, who co-authored the Smart Stepmom book with me, Bill Butterworth will also be there. So it's a enrichment event for blended family couples specifically designed to be delivered through the internet. Um, it was a live event as well. We were gonna have a live audience, but that's not gonna happen now. Everybody will just be sitting at home watching and streaming the day. The cool thing is it's live stream technology just like watching a YouTube video, doesn't matter where you live, what part of the world you're in, or what your time zone is. You mm -hmm. just start the video, pause the video, rewind the video. You can do all of that in real time and be a part of the day. So blendedandblessed.com. That's so That good. is such a great a, gift. A link for that as well on our familylifecanada.live uh, site as well. So we'll make sure we, we send all our Canadian folks there as, as much as we can. Yep. We've already got some signups from uh, the from Canada. So we'll take well, we'll get some more. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, we've talked about conversation a couple of times here and just by way of resources, we just wrote a conversation guide uh, that helps a couple have, uh, find some language to talk about things that really matter to them right now. It's really simple. And uh, it was downloaded. Uh, I just heard this today. It was downloaded 700 times in the first day. So, it, wow. you know, if people will use this and we've said a couple times during this conversation, that if a couple has a conversation, you can start to find some common ground, release some anxiety and all that. So check that out on FamilyLifeCanada.com. And we're so glad there's there's people out there making a difference like you, Ron, and Family Life Blended. Well, I appreciate it. And by the way, I'm just going to put in a plug for what you've just offered people. I find as a marriage and family therapist that sometimes when we get stuck with hard conversations, what what... It, 
just a little outside tool mm -hmm. to structure your dialogue mm -hmm. makes a big difference for a lot of mm -hmm. people. So something as simple as that uh, could make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, we tell people to blame us. You know, Neil and Cheryl <laughs> sent us this so, and told us to have this conversation, so we have to have it. But but a lot of times it's things that, you know, are kind of rumbling around under the surface and you just need somebody to raise the question. And so that's the opportunity we've provided. Hey, as we wrap up, Ron, uh, I don't know about you, but as Neil said, we've been doing a lot more praying for um, a lot of people, for the families and marriages in our country, but all around the world too. We'd love to ask you if you'd be willing to just pray as we wrap up our time together for, for families around the world. I would be happy to do it. And let me just lead with this thought. Um, you know, April includes Easter. Mm. And the other day I was talking to my wife and I said, you know, the uncertainty around Easter for Jesus' disciples must have been deeply profound. And maybe I can relate to that now because of this COVID-19 crisis in a way I've never thought about before. Mm. We're confined to our homes. We're kind of stuck. We're disconnected. Right. We don't know what the future holds. Like everything seems to be falling apart. Day after day, we get more bad news. But then one day, <laughs> you know, Jesus rose mm. and, and everything changed. Yeah. We sit in an uncertain time. Maybe it's Friday night, maybe it's Saturday morning, metaphorically mm. for us right now. But, you know, the Lord's coming, coming. and he, Sunday's coming and he is still as powerful as he was then. He's still in charge. He's still very in tune with our experience of life and he cares deeply about all of us. Mm. Um, let's hold on to that during this difficult season. Yeah. Great work. Let me pray. God, um, wow, we we just have to lean into you. You are true north. And when we don't know what's going on, we don't know why it's going on, we do know who holds the universe in the palm of his hand. And so we trust you. And we saying it out loud, Lord, we lean into it. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what your plan is or how you're going to orchestrate the future, but we do know you're good and we do know you love us and we do know you can be trusted. So we will do that. Would you give us as parents, husbands and wives, uh, great, great wisdom for all the little dilemmas we're facing day in and day out. Do we do this? Do we do that? Do we turn right? Do we turn left? Give us wisdom through your spirit and help us to trust that and help us to use this opportunity to show our kids what faith looks like in the middle of the foxhole. Um, I think it's more real for our children during these moments. And I just pray that it will be transformative for their heart, that they too will deepen their faith. God, even when things go bad, would you strengthen our faith so that our faith is not dependent on the outcomes of life? For praying for a friend and they die anyway, would you strengthen our faith? If we're confused about how long this is going to last and it goes on even further, would you strengthen our faith? Mm. And in the end, would you find us sitting right next to you? We thank you. We love you. We appreciate the way you love us and the compassion that you have for us in life. And uh, we trust you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Hey, thanks to Ron. Thanks for joining us, everybody, on the Family Life Canada podcast. We hope you listen in again. And please don't forget to check out blendedandblessed.com to learn more about uh, some great resources on this live stream. Thanks again, Ron. Thanks, Ron. Ron. Thank you. Bye, everyone.